What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time in the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith. Well, if it isn't the Star-Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pocket... Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around, grab your happiest thought, and fly away with me, Jeremy the Spider-Pan, your host here in the Neverland Podcast. We're going to have some fun today. Well, of course, we have some fun every week, don't we? That's part of the reason why I do this. We're having fun together and reliving our youth a little bit, regaining our youth by talking about things we loved as a child and things that we love now, and that usually involves Disney (laughs) because Disney owns everything we love, doesn't it? Except for maybe Star Trek and Doctor Who. They don't own that yet. But as Jason has said from DAF Radio, don't give them any ideas. We've got a lot of things to pack into the show this week. We do have some interesting news from the Disney parks about some new ride openings and a new book coming out that I didn't know anything about until I found out about it this week. Uh, We're going to also spend some time in the Neverland Trailer Park to go over the uh, third and final trailer for The Secret Lights of Pets. We do have a movie review this week as I took the time to go see Independence Day Resurgence, which was not as strong in the box office as they hoped it would be, and Finding Dory is still reigning supreme. Also, because we've lost Soarin' Over California, it's all changed. Now we're Soarin' Over the World. I thought it would be be fun to take a ride with Lost Boy Jesse, Soarin' Over California. He'll take you through the queue line and onto the ride so you can relive your memories. Also, we're going to go through it and have some Neverland story time as I pull up a record. Walt Disney presents Peter and the Wolf which should be a whole lot of fun. You know, lots of great music with that. Great animation. It it is one of my favorites. It is a classic. That's everything we have planned, though, this week. It's going to be a wonderful time. So come along with me, and let's get started. Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. In park news, the new Frozen attraction has opened in Epcot. 
And when I was looking at this during the day, there were times the wait was 300 minutes. I don't know exactly how long that adds up in hours uh, right off the top of my head. If you want to do the math, feel free. Either way, that's a very long time for people to wait to experience a brand new attraction in a Disney park. Now, I can see, of course, being a new attraction, people are going to be excited that, you know, to just go and check it out. I'm sure a lot of the Frozen fans were specifically planning to arrive on this day to make sure they check this ride out. Uh, well, I've gotten to see some video of this ride from a couple of different sources. Uh, if you search YouTube for Big Fat Panda or Attractions Magazine, they both had some excellent videos. Uh, but I got a chance to look at this ride, and uh, let me share the audio with you uh, from uh, one of these two videos.
Okay, so the main thing you're getting here is music. Uh, it is pretty much the songs from the film uh, with a few lyrical changes as you go through. Uh, there's really no story to this ride other than, oh, look, we're going to go and see Elsa up in her castle. Go visit Elsa. You're, you're basically just visiting Arendelle and all of your friends in Arendelle or something like that. There's really not much story going on here. This is very much a special effects sort of ride. But as George Lucas said, special effects without a story, it's, it's kind of lame. And that was actually my thought when I watched both of these videos. I mean, it looks cool. The animatronics are amazing, especially the Olav that you see first as he's able to walk around and, and, and shifts around and all the parts of his body seem to move independently like they're all, you know, just kind of stacks of snow. I mean, really amazing. Very great work with the animatronics. But it's really a whole lot of projection screens along the side, just giving you a bunch of snow effects and stuff like that. You're basically surrounded by a bunch of big screen TVs as you sail slowly along to the next scene where, oh look, here's a couple of more characters from Frozen that are going to sing a little bit of a song and wave as you, as you go by. Uh, you get to hear the trolls actually sum up the story of Frozen in about two seconds. Uh, but really, uh, this is like Small World. It's... Well, Small World is more entertaining. <laughs> I, I found this to be kind of boring, and when I was watching the reactions from people in the boats, you know, they're kind of just quiet and observing everything. No one's really putting up cameras or anything, you know, taking, oh, like, writing a picture or something like that. Like I saw when the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in, in Shanghai Disney was soft opening. If you see any videos of that, people are excited and like, every little thing, like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, the only real reaction is when you get to the end, you might hear a couple people that kind of clap a little bit and then stop. There isn't really a whole lot of cheering going on. They're just kind of, oh, hey, you know, that was kind of cool. There's not an excitement after people get off the ride. Now, maybe they're just tired. They just waited 300 minutes to get on the ride. Or maybe they didn't think the ride was worth the 300-minute wait. Personally, I don't think this would have been worth a 300-minute wait. Uh, but, you know what? Fans of Frozen are going to be ecstatic and are going to enjoy and have a good time with this. And there are people who are, have expressed some very positive reactions to seeing the videos. Uh, so, I mean, there's going to be enough buzz still on there to for people to enjoy this ride. Personally, I'm you know, just like, well, this is cool. And I would, I would definitely go on it at least one time because it is very cool and very, you know, the technical aspects of what Disney has done is really, really awesome. But I don't, you know, that's kind of boring. <laughs> I didn't find it to be that exciting of a ride. It's very low key, and it doesn't even tell the story from the movie or anything like that, like the Little Mermaid ride would. Uh, so I mean, it's very cool technically, but I, you know, I, it just doesn't seem to hold the magic. But then again, I'm one of those people who thought Frozen was just an okay movie, and I still don't understand how people went so crazy over it. Um, but still, the best parts of the ride are also the best parts of the movie. Olaf and Sven. Sven will have you cracking up, and Olaf is just a wonderful character. That's what got me through the movie, and that's what would get me through the ride and keep me entertained enough to uh, to arrive on the other side. All right, some other very interesting news that I I didn't know this was happening. There is a book that's coming out. It's called Tales from the Haunted Mansion. This is arriving in stores July nineteenth. It's going to be available at retailers everywhere. You can pre-order a copy if you go to books.disney.com uh, and uh, it's, it's in a slash book slash the Frightmare Fraternity. Uh, but I'm sure that you could navigate your way there if you go to books.disney.com. You can pre-order this. Uh, I actually found out about this through the d23.com uh, website. And this is basically, I guess a series of books uh, based around Disney Parks attractions is going to start happening. And so we've got, uh, as you know, Tales from the Haunted Mansion, and the first chapter is available at, on the D23 website as long as you're a member. You can read that first chapter, which I have not yet done. I am going to take a look at that, and maybe I'll tell you about it next week. Uh, but directly from D23, it says, The Haunted Mansion is a favorite attraction of Michael Siglin, editor at Disney Publishing Worldwide and creative director at Lucasfilm Publishing. So the new book was certainly a passion project. And he says, I love the idea that a book can expand upon such an iconic ride so that readers can take a little piece of the ride, or in this case, maybe even a ghost, home with them. Siglin, Siglin said, and Siglin worked closely with Walt Disney Imagineering to bring the Haunted Mansion off the page. Uh, we were granted unprecedented access to the ghosts, which was both helpful and horrifying. 
but so I don't know if there's just one author or a group of authors. It says on the cover of the book, uh, as told by Mansion Librarian Amicus Arcane, which I believe is a character in the ride. Uh, in fact, it does say here, down here at the bottom, Tales from the Haunted Mansion will bring readers, if they dare, into the spooky space with the tales of the fearsome foursome, four children who look to outscare each other. But will this mysterious mansion and its dearly departed librarian, Almacus Arcane, outscare them all? Uh, so, I, so, I thought this would be a, a group of stories, and maybe it is, because that's what it sounds like. But apparently it does also have to deal with four children. So maybe these are four children that are trying to scare each other with different stories about the mansion? I, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't read this preview of the first chapter yet. Either way, I am very excited. This is definitely going to be on my list of something to buy. And remember, it's J July 19th, but you can pre-order your copy. Uh, I am going to take a quick look over here at the website to see if I can find a price for you. Uh, I'm not seeing anything about any sort of a price for this. Um, and it is listed actually as being by Amicus Arcane, which is funny. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure exactly who the actual author would be, because I thought Amicus Arcane is a character on the, uh, right, mentioning as the librarian. Um, well, he says he's your librarian and host your ghost host here on the page. Uh, but yeah, on the page, it doesn't say anything about the ride, but it is recommended for ages 9 to 12, so I'm sure it's spooky, but not too scary. Uh, apparently these Disney books, they, they do have, like, age ranges, uh, and 12 is as old as they get. Uh, but either way, good family fun, might even be some fun bedtime stories for, well, maybe an older kid. You might want not want to tell your five-year-old, maybe it's scary for them. Uh, we don't know. Well, but very exciting. Well, this book will be coming out very soon, and so pre-order it or look for it at your your favorite retailer. All right, y'all. One more time. It don't matter what you look like. It don't nobody gonna sing with me. Okay. The Neverland Trailer Park. Come on, Max. I gotta go. Be a good boy, Leonard. Bye, Gidget. Bye, Leonard. It's 9 a.m. Do you know what your pets are doing? Welcome, my dogs. Tell me you got that. Heck yes, I did. Max, this is Duke. He's going to be your brother. This is my apartment now and my new bed. Ah! Oh, Duke, Katie's going to be so upset. Katie's gonna flip out it's just one vase is it duke is it oh no hey max ah! mm. oh, wait where is max oh, help me oh, nobody can help you i'm headed pops knows everyone max is as good as found how you been old timer paralyzed Great! I'm busting you out of here! To the sewers! What's the password? Don't ask the leader for the password! You're driving like an animal! Feel heroic! And handsome! A little wet, but I still look good. The Secret Life of Pets. I'm home, Leonard. Were you a good boy? Rated PG in theaters July 8th. Alrighty, so The Secret Life of Pets. I was already ex excited for this. I, I really didn't need any more um, persuasion to go see this movie. It just looks like fun. It's doing for animals and pets and everything what we what Toy Story did for toys in a way. You know, it's the stuff we always suspected that our toys were getting up and playing and having fun when we weren't looking. This is now what our pets are doing when uh, we aren't looking, which we always sort of suspected. This is different, though, from, you know, Cats and Dogs. Remember those two movies? Well, I only watched one of them. I heard the second one was terrible. That kind of gave us an idea of what our cats and dogs may have been doing behind our backs with being secretly spies, which was fun. But this is, I guess... 
the more realistic version, except for the dogs and cats can talk. But this is the version that kind of makes sense of dogs and cats behaving like dogs and cats. And uh, this really just furthered my excitement. I will definitely be watching this and reviewing it here on the show when it comes out. But of course, after every trailer, it is time for a movie review. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Be a movie, yeah, we're gonna be a movie, starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken. Oh, good. crazy up here. I can't take it anymore. Tell me how much you miss me. Mm, you know how much I miss you. I can't believe it's been 20 years. Still gonna take a father to the anniversary. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. On this day in 1996, the world escaped the clutches of extinction. Your father was the bravest man I've ever seen. We all lost someone we love. But in their sacrifice, we found the technology to build a stronger and safer Earth. Because our survival is only possible when we stand together. the mothership, we detected a burst in an X-band frequency directed toward deep space. Looks like someone picked up the phone and answered. A distress call. They're coming back. That is definitely bigger than the last one. Nervous? Um, yeah. Why are they screaming? They're not screaming. They're celebrating. We could use our isolation chamber that contains their telepathy. Where's my dad? How did he get in here? He overrode the system. Sir, please unlock the door. Don't you worry about me. Just get as many answers as you can. up to this moment. It's touchdown over the Atlantic. Which part? All of it. Make them pay. Not going up there to make friends. We've got to remind them Earth is not for the taking. Oh, you are screwing with the wrong species. I had years to get us ready. We're going down! We never had a chance. We didn't last time either. We convinced an entire generation that this is a battle that we could win. We sacrifice for each other, no matter what the cost. And that's worth fighting for. It's the 4th of July, so let's show them some fireworks. 
They like to get the landmarks. So I took the time to see Independence Day Resurgence. Now, I am not what you would call a big fan of Independence Day. I know there are some people that, uh, there's a fan base for the old Independence Day from 1996. And I do recall seeing the movie in theaters and thinking it was, it was entertaining. But when I watched it the second time, it wasn't quite as entertaining. I, you know, it, it was missing something. It was it was kind of fun the first time, but it wasn't really what I'd call a repeat viewing type of movie. Although, I mean, it was a big deal uh, back in 1996, and it was a blockbuster hit. Enough to where uh, we finally, 20 years later, have a sequel, which feels somewhat similar to the first film, but also feels incredibly different because this is like an alternate reality of 2016 where we've had alien technology completely change our way of life. Uh, with having a moon base, and uh, we have fighters now that are able to travel uh, using fusion engines. Uh, basically, it's like warp speed, and you can actually get to the moon in a matter of minutes. A lot of different things like that. So it's a very interesting kind of world. So it's, it's this is more sci-fi feeling than the original film was, and was therefore actually a little bit more fun. However, the story did seem a little bit recycled of, you know, aliens show up, cause some massive destruction... And then the humans come from behind and finally find a way to fight back and win. Uh, that's pretty much what the first film was like. Although the first film felt more like a disaster movie. And maybe that's why it doesn't hold up to me. I was never really a fan of disaster movies. But you spend a great portion of the first film being just a complete disaster movie before finally they find a way to fight back at the end. Uh, and this one, it has its disaster, but it, it, it gets it kind of out of the way. Uh, and there doesn't seem to be a, a whole necessary a lot of effect. I mean, they already kind of deal with the fact that there are, you know, we are now the characters are, are the children of either the people who fought the battle against the aliens or parents were killed, you know, with the alien invasion the first time. Uh, so I mean, it's, it's like the next generation, uh, including some great actors like Liam Hensworth. Uh, you might know his brother Chris Hemsworth as playing Thor, but this is his brother Liam. He plays one of the characters. And really, a lot of the character names, uh, well, his character's name was Jake. But you're not going to remember most of the characters' names. A lot of the characters really aren't that important. They tried to have some kind of ensemble character stories going on for multiple different characters. But, it, you know, the, it, it's very mild in this. It's not the key thing to this, uh, the plot here in the story. Of course, the plot is that they've, aliens have come back, and now we know actually what they were after. They were har trying to harvest from the Earth's core. We've learned this because they left one ship behind that had been drilling, uh, and was drilling down to their core, but that ship shut down when the mothership was destroyed back in 1996. And now there's an African nation that has been fighting with the aliens that were on board that ship in these past years and have gotten quite adept at killing aliens. So there's kind of a very interesting character uh, who's kind of a, a warlord of this in Africa around where this hat was. And he's, a, he's an interesting character, although I can't remember what his name was because names really aren't that important in this. Everybody's very one-dimensional. Uh, they expect you to remember all these characters from the original film, and it was great to see, you know, Judd Hirsch and Bill Pullman and Jeff Goldblum in there again. Uh, but some of, of course, the main characters are Bill Pullman, who was the the president. His his daughter followed in his footsteps in the Air Force, and uh, but is now working in the White House for the new president. And that's pretty much her arc, you know, as she gets a chance to fly again, kind of like he did. Um, Overall, you know, not really a deep story. This is just a popcorn flick. Uh, it's it's not necessarily doing that well in the box office as of yet, as some reports coming out here Saturday morning. It didn't do as well on Friday as everyone expected. I went early here on Saturday morning, and I actually, you know, I, for somebody who wasn't really looking forward to this, but I wanted to be able to review it for the show because we do cover a lot of geek culture type of things, I actually had fun with this. It, uh, I don't know if I would have fun when I watch it the next time, because uh, that's how the first one was. It was kind of fun the first time. The second time, I was like, yeah. Even though it had some great performances by like Randy Quaid, I really liked his character because you know it's Randy Quaid, and he's he's kind of almost as crazy in real life as he was in the movie. You know, you gotta love Randy. <laughs> so, but of course, he's dead. But you're gonna find some similar things 
happen in this movie compared to the first one on how they fight back even some similar type of scenes some very predictable outcomes of what's going to what characters are going to do and you're like okay now's the time where this is going to happen oh look there it is uh so incredibly predictable but you know it's just fun go buy you uh, some popcorn and just sit in the theater and have a good time it's it's great escapism blockbuster stuff where michael bay would be proud uh although there's less explosions probably than Michael Bay, but it's still that that epic level of blow stuff up uh, with Roland Emmerich, who really doesn't make high quality movies. I mean, goodness, this is the same guy who brought us Godzilla, if I remember correctly, uh, way back in the early to late, well, no, late 90s, late 90s, where he made that other Godzilla film that was... Uh, well, okay, I watched it more than one time, at least, I guess, but it really wasn't a very good film. He's great for big spectacle, but really light on any interesting characters, other than you're mildly interested in what happens to them just because you know, like the actor. Uh, so, but overall, like I said, just go and have fun with it, but uh, <laughs> this is not going to be an Oscar contender for sure. But it is great for just uh, an outing to the theater, just to escape the humdrum of uh, those of us that still have to work in this summer. This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. This is the story of Peter and the Wolf. Now, as you know, in the musical score of Peter and the Wolf, each character is represented by an instrument in the orchestra. Peter is represented by the string quartet. And his trusty pop gun by a pop. The bird, whose name is Sasha, by a flute, which plays way up high. Sonia, the duck, by a noble, like this. And here is Ivan the cat. He is represented by a clarinet in a very low key. Grandpapa is an old bassoon. When the hunters shoot their guns, we hear the kettle drums. And there is also a wolf. Little did that old wolf know what was in store for him. One day, our hero, Little Peter, armed with his pop gun, set forth to capture him. However, Peter's grandpapa did not think little boys should go wolf hunting. So Peter, the great hunter who was almost six years old, was carried back into the cabin. Peter still dreamed of hunting, though, and when his grandpapa fell fast asleep, he escaped. He went out of the cabin, across the snow, and into the dark forest. He was very happy. met Sasha, the little bird. May I go hunting too? 
he asked. Then Sonia, the duck, came along. Sonia kept thinking she saw the wolf when he wasn't there. Ivan, the cat, joined them too. Ivan started arguing with Sasha. They made a lot of noise. Stop it, stop it, said Peter. Ivan, you ought to be ashamed. Sasha, Ivan's sorry. He won't do it again. Everybody calmed down and began hunting the wolf once more. The wolf had been watching the fight from behind some trees. out and began to chase Sonia. The little duck was so frightened that she ran back and forth from this side to that trying to get away. tried to help. Over there, run for the hollow tree. Poor Sonia. She couldn't run fast enough. A little green feather floated down to the snow. And that was all her friends could find of her.
Would this crime go unpunished? Not if Peter and Sasha could help it. Peter quickly made a lasso of his rope, and Sasha looped it over a tree branch. Peter climbed up in the tree and held on tight to the other end of the rope. They didn't have long to wait. Soon the wolf came charging into the clearing. He was in a hurry and didn't notice Peter's rope. Before that wolf knew what had happened, Peter had caught him by the tail and was holding on for dear life. The wolf put up a mighty struggle, snapping his jaws at Sasha, who fluttered around trying to help Peter, who was pulling hard on the rope. Sasha got so excited, he bumped into a tree. The rope, sawing back and forth on the tree limb, started to break. Fly, Sasha! Fly for help! called Peter. And Sasha flew as if Peter's life depended on it. When things were looking their blackest, he heard a horn and looked down. It was the hunters, Misha, Yasha, and Guadamir. Help at last. Sasha and the hunters found Peter again, he and Ivan already had the wolf tied up. The wolf had got tangled up in the rope trying to escape. So Peter was a hero, and Ivan was a hero, and they were safe. Oh, happy day! They tied the wolf to a pole and paraded through the town. All the villagers cheered! Sasha wasn't happy, though. He was thinking of his lost playmate, Sonia. But when he went back to the hollow tree, he found that Sonia had hidden inside and was all right after all. So now Peter could go hunting whenever he wanted to. And everybody lived happily forever and ever after. Everybody, that is, except the wolf.
Wait right here for me, please.
name is Patrick, and I'll be your chief flight attendant today. We'll begin boarding in a few minutes, but first I'd like to acquaint you with some important safety information. When the doors to your flight open, please take a seat and store all carry-on items in the underseat compartment. This includes cameras, purses, hats, and of course, these little beauties. Next, fasten your seatbelts, inserting them into the buckle on your right. If smaller aviators don't measure up to the height indicator on the seat, just put the belt through the loop in the center strap before buckling. Nice work, pal. Soon you will be airborne. So if you or your little aviators have a fear of flying or of heights, you might want to wait for your party as you arrive with me. Okay, let's review. That is seat, seat belt, carry on items, safety strap, fear of heights, keep your hands and arms inside at all times. Soaring over California is now ready for immediate board. All passengers in gate A may now proceed to the airport. We are now conducting our final systems check. Please stow all carry-on items in the underseat compartment. Here, put your seat. head back, buddy. Remain seated with your seatbelt fastened you during the flight and watch your children. Bienvenidos. Favor de colocar sus efectos personales en el compartimiento debajo del asiento. Para su seguridad, Thank you. Enjoy your flight, guys. Okay, row two. We are ready for takeoff.
Like, thanks. We're soaring over California. To unfasten your seatbelt, just push down on the red button on your way. Be sure to gather all your carry-on items from the underseat compartment and exit to your right. Have a great stay here in Condor Flats or wherever your final destination may take for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we